morning. I want to welcome you this morning as we start a brand new series. As we began to wind down our last series, I was praying and asking God for direction on where to go next. Lord, what do you want me to speak? What do you have to speak to our congregation? And, um, uh, uh, you know, what, 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 what do you want to speak to us as a church living in a pandemic in 2020 in Bloomington, Indiana? Well, every time I prayed about it, I kept being drawn to the book of 1 Peter. Um, it's a book I've preached from uh, a number of times, but I have never preached through the book. Uh, and that's what I really feel led to do now. So for the next several weeks, we're going to be going through the book of 1 Peter, not necessarily verse by verse, but we're going to attempt to look at the key elements as we go through it so we get a good grasp of the message of what Peter was communicating to the believers. So we're going to try to put ourselves in the place of those to whom he was originally writing. Because in order to understand what Scripture is saying to us today, we first need to understand what it was saying to the people to which it was originally written. Once we understand that, uh, then we can see how to properly apply it to our lives and what it's saying to us today. So let's begin on our journey through 1 Peter. Today we're going to look at the first two verses. It says, This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. First, let's get some basics um, uh, taken care of. The basics of who, what, when, and where, those types of questions. Uh, is written by the Apostle Peter. That's pretty evident. There's been little debate over that over the years. It's written by the Apostle Peter, and it was written in the year right around 64, 65 A.D. Uh, so this is roughly a little over 30 years um, uh, uh, after uh, the resurrection. And is written from Rome. Now, in chapter 5, verse 13, it makes reference to uh, being from Babylon, but it was common for both Jews and Christians to, return, to refer to Rome as Babylon because of the similarities with the Roman occupation and their exile to uh, Babylon. So, uh, written by Peter, 64, 65 A.D., written from, uh, uh, written from Rome. And it was written as an encouragement to believers who had been scattered throughout what is now modern-day Turkey. And these were primarily Gentile believers that, that uh, were the re original recipients of this letter. Primarily Gentile believers. They had heard the good news of the gospel. They put their, their faith in Christ's resurrection. They abandoned their pagan beliefs and their lifestyle behind. But when they became believers, <laughs> thing is, they began running into uh, a lot of opposition. And, and really, that's the way it is uh, with the gospel. Um, whenever we uh, uh, give our lives to Christ, immediately there is opposition that we run into. 
Uh, and that opposition is in the background through the entire letter. In fact, there are at least four times within these few chapters where persecution is alluded to throughout the letter. So it's the backdrop for the whole letter, uh, opposition or persecution. So Peter writes this letter to encourage them in their faith. Now, as we look at this letter, I want us to look at it in light of our situation. Though our situation is not identical today uh, to theirs, um, situations that we're facing, you know, th th they're different. You know, they, they, they were facing persecution, and <coughs> while we face hostility to our faith, uh, as I said last week, that hostility really doesn't rise to the level of persecution for us in America, at least not what they were facing uh, in that day. On the other hand, though, we are facing a pandemic, uh, which has its own set of problems. And while the situations are different, uh, you know, th th they both involve facing hostility, facing suffering or going through suffering. They both result in, in similar consequences in our lives, you know, with limited rights, restricted freedoms, financial struggles. Uh, we have that in common with the recipients of this letter. So, so Peter wrote this letter to give them encouragement and to instruct them on how to live in the midst of the difficulties they were facing. And he starts simply by... Uh, with a humility, but yet with a, a, a very definite um, statement that he starts by simply making mention of his apostolic authority. And that's important because Peter wasn't speaking from some self-appointed authority. He was apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He speaks as one that's appointed as an apostle by and for Jesus Christ. So what he carries or what he says, rather, carries weight. It's authoritative. And he starts by reminding them right off the bat that they are God's chosen people. Right off the bat, he says that. Speaking as an apostle, he says, I'm reminding you, you are God's chosen people. So that's what I want to look at today. What does that tell us? Um, what are the implications and, and of, of being chosen by God. And uh, the first one of these is being chosen by God tells us very clearly and very plainly that God wants you in his family. He wants you in his family. Have you ever felt like God doesn't really want you or maybe you felt like, you know, God loves everybody, but he just kind of puts up with me. Uh, or that somehow you just got in by the skin of your teeth. You know, sometimes when our situations start deteriorating and we start struggling, we begin to question where we stand with God and wonder, what does God really think of me? In those times, we need to remind ourselves that the Bi what the Bible says about us. And right off the bat, Peter says, I am writing to God's chosen people. God the Father knew you, and he chose you long ago. I don't know what else could be more encouraging than that statement right there. God the Father knew you, and he chose you. 
Here's what I want us to see this morning. God knew what he was doing when he chose you and when he chose me. He wasn't tricked into it. He wasn't taking a risk. Uh, he didn't have to do it. It says he knew you. He didn't just know of you. He knew you. He knew you better than you've ever known yourself. He sees everything that makes up who you are. And he said, I want you. He chose you. He didn't have to. He didn't choose you because, because he, was, he was somehow you know, obligated to. He chose you because he wants you in his family. And you can rest securely in that. The Father wants you in his family. You ever felt like you didn't really fit somewhere? I mean, maybe you were a part of a group somewhere. You felt like you didn't really belong or you weren't really wanted. It's a terrible feeling. And it breeds insecurity in us. But Peter assures us right off the bat. He says that we never need to feel like that or never need to wonder whether or not we belong. We actually belong in God's family. God chose us because he wants us in his family. Second thing, God chose you for a purpose. He has a purpose for you. In the second chapter of this letter, Peter talks about those who stumble over the message of Christ and, and refuse to believe God's word. And then he says, starting in second part of verse 8 of chapter 2, he says, they, they stumble because they do, not they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. There's so much in these two verses. And remember, he is writing primarily to Gentile believers here. That's who, who was the, the original recipients of this letter, primarily Gentile believers. And he's using covenant language from the Old Testament to show that they, we, are the continuation of God's covenant people. And he emphasizes again that we are chosen, and then he says we are royal priests. A priest is someone who represents God to the people and represents people to God. And after affirming who we are, he tells us the purpose for which he chose us. He says, as a result, in other words, as a result of being chosen, being royal priests, being a holy nation, being God's own possession, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. God chose you for a purpose, and that purpose includes helping others to see his goodness by telling and showing them. When we respond to God's choosing us by saying yes to him, and he rescues us out of darkness and brings us into his marvelous light or sets us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. I love how it says that in Colossians 1.13. He rescues us. After he, we say yes to him and he, and he rescues us, we can do one of two things. 
We can look at people still living in darkness and talk about how dark the darkness is in which they're living and wonder why they don't get out of it. Or we can point the people to the goodness of God and show them the way out of the darkness. In other words, we can reach out, snatch them from that dominion of darkness, snatch them from that fire and pull them out and bring them into the light that we enjoy as God's family, as believers, as, as uh, citizens in his kingdom. See, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. Not to point to people's sin and say, oh, look how lost they are, look how terrible they are, but rather to point people to the light and say, look, here's the one. Here's the one that can help you. Here's the one that can rescue you. Here's the one that can give purpose to your life. Here's the one that can, that can uh, uh, pull you out of the darkness that you're living in. Here's the one. It's Jesus. He's here. He loves you, and he wants you to be a part of his family. He's inviting you to be a part of his family. He says there's a place for you where you belong. You just have to say yes to him. Jesus said in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. The fruit that, that will last that he's talking about, the fruit that, will la- that, that um, uh, he, he lasts that he's talking about is, is um, uh, the, the lives that we rescue from the darkness and, and that we bring into the light. That's his desire. That's his desire for you. That's his purpose for you, to help rescue and bring people from the darkness into light. And he feels so strongly about it that he tells you whatever you need to accomplish that, whatever you need to bear that fruit, the fruit of people being brought into God's family, the fruit of people surrendering their lives to Jesus, the fruit of people falling in love with Jesus. Whatever you need to bear that fruit, just ask it and it's yours. A lot of times we like to take that quote out of context and say, well, whatever we ask in in Jesus' name, he says the Father will give us, but we need to realize it's talking in the context of of being chosen and appointed so that we might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. As we go and do that, whatever we ask in his name, the Father will give us. That's his his desire for us. So God chose you for a purpose. And then God qualified you for that purpose. You ever feel unqualified? You may think you're not qualified. You may think you've been disqualified because you've made too many mistakes or bad choices or things in your past. But Peter says this, God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace i love the en- ending of that side note may god give you more and more grace and peace uh, you know it, god is so willing and so desirous of of pouring out his grace and peace into our lives 
So, but, but my point here on this is it says he knew you and chose you long ago and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your past doesn't disqualify you when his blood qualifies you. Let me say that again. Your past doesn't disqualify you when his blood qualifies you. You've been chosen for a purpose. You've been qualified for that purpose. His spirit has made you holy and you've been cleansed, cleansed thoroughly, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So he says you're qualified, so there's nothing to hold you back. You don't have to have a degree in theology. You don't have to know all the answers to all the possible questions. You don't have to know the answers to any questions. You just need to be able to point. Need to be able to point. Point people to the change in your life. And then point people to Jesus who transformed your life and who brought about that change. And that is something that you are very well qualified to do. You are chosen for a purpose. And you are qualified for that purpose. Let's pray. Lord, it amazes me that not only did you choose me, but you have a purpose for me. You can use me. You want to use me. You will use me. I'm chosen for a purpose. And you've qualified me for that, for that purpose. You've cleansed me. And I thank you for that. So, Lord, help me to walk in it. Help us as a church to walk in the purpose for which you've chosen us. Help us to point people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now I want to give you a benediction. From Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One more thing, we invite you to join with us in celebrating a baptism that we had this week. So be sure to stay, uh, stay with us at the close of this uh, last worship song. Thank you.